Troubles will then 
tonight hallelujah that's, um, there was a connection there I, I had that same song in in my spirit and I meant to um, ask um, her to do that song but got I didn't get a chance to get around to it before the service started but done anyway I thank God I never will forget uh, when we first um, uh, moved to Bowling Green I could, uh, took my first pastor there uh, there was a a man and his wife um, in the church, and they'd um, been a part of the church ever since it was originated. And um, his wife um, turned sick, and she was in a coma, no communication whatsoever. And he was very adamant that he was not going to have her put in a nursing home. He, he told the doctors he would take care of her, and he, he did. He was, um, that's one thing I could say about Brother Stevens. He was, he was good about that, and he took care of her until the Lord carried her home. But uh, I seen something with my own eyes. We went there to their home and did a, uh, a service, a prayer meeting, because the situation had kept him from being able to go to church. And um, we had a prayer meeting there in their home uh, around her bedside. And um, I got my um, flat top guitar out, and we were singing some songs. And that song right there was one song that we sung that night. And I looked over at her, and there were tears coming down her. I knew then, it's what a lot of people say, people look. You go to see somebody in a coma, talk to them because they could they, they know what's going on. They might not be able to reach you. But I seen her uh, shedding those tears when we were singing that song. Um, praise the Lord. God's good. And all the time, let's give him a hand clap of praise. 
give you a chance to do something just a little bit different tonight. Anybody want to stand and give a testimony before we do anything else? Somebody got a testimony on your heart? Yes. That's great. Praise God. Amen. Great testimony. Anybody else want to stand and testify tonight? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember I remember a song they used to sing when I was a kid. It gets sweeter as the days go by. Gets sweeter as the moments fly. Praise God. Amen. Anybody else? All except you, Ronnie. <laughs> All right, that's great. Amen. If you feel like you're drowning in water, remember your lifeguard walks on water. That's powerful. Hallelujah. Glory. Anybody else before we move on? Yes, sir.
Yes. Amen. When you get a house the next time it's got all them kind of bugs in, make sure you call Michelle. She'll come over and help you. <laughs> You're going to testify? You're going to... Man, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, anybody else before we open the testimonies tonight? Praise God. Now, this was really a miracle going down that going down that hill. When I got over there, it wasn't just the love nuts missing. The studs was broke completely off. And, you know, the studs is what holds the wheel on there. There was only one left out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I don't know what happened to it, but I mean, the, I, I, I never seen it before, never seen it since, and um, I had to um, you know, replace the studs in the wheel uh, because they had broke off. And I mean, all I can say is God's good, ain't he? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. We're going to go to God in prayer right now. And if anybody got a prayer request, you can feel free to speak it up. Any prayer request? Yes, yes. Hmm. All right. Remember that tonight. Anybody else? Praise God. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember he um, he came over there and helped um, clean out the church and clean up some stuff that we could clean up when we had the fire. And um, we worked um, just about all day with everybody else in the church there was doing that. So I remember Terry in prayer. All right. All right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man. Praise the Lord. Any unspoken request by an uplifted hand? Yes. And we're going to bless the uh, the offering as uh, uh, um, we pray as well. Father, we come tonight. We thank you and praise you for this service. Thank you, God, for this beautiful presence that we feel tonight, God. And the testimonies and what we experienced so far. Uh, you know these prayer requests that's been mentioned. We bring them before the throne of grace and ask you to meet each and every need. Lord, you've seen every hand that was raised. You know every heart. Move by your spirit because you're a prayer to God and there's nothing impossible with you. Bless the offering that we're going to receive also for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, let the church say, God bless you tonight. If you have something to give, you can bring it. Um, shake hands with one another. Praise the Lord. Well, victory, victory shall be mine.
Well, we're going to pick up uh, where we left off as we're studying the uh, Songs of Ascent. Um, and these were the, the psalms that they chanted and sung as they were going up to the temple uh, to worship uh, the Lord. And um, I find these, um, all the psalms are good, but I find these especially good just to know these people had been in captivity and they had been through all kind of bad situations and God had finally brought them back to their homeland and they finally had a temple rebuilt uh, and um, they were so excited and thrilled about getting to go to the house of God to worship that they couldn't wait till they got there to worship. My Lord, can you imagine what we could accomplish today if people had that same zeal? Lord of mercy, amen. Uh, it would be it would be something. But uh, we're going to um, try to cover, I think, three of them uh, tonight and uh, see how, what, how God speaks to us. And let me mention this while I got it on my mind. There will not be a midweek service next week. We are going to be out of town. Um, we haven't, um, Sharon and myself, had just a regular vacation in a long time. And uh, we're going to be leaving Sunday. And there again, Worship is going to start at 10 o'clock. We're not going to have Sunday school. Worship's going to start at 10 o'clock because after the after the um, uh, the worship, we're going to have to leave so we can get to the airport to get checked in. We're going to be taking a flight out to Williamsburg, uh, Virginia, is where we're going. And it's, um, something I've really never done. But, uh, the only time I've ever missed a service like that is if I was going to be in a service somewhere, every time that we take a vacation, I always schedule it to go leave after church or the day before, the day after service. But um, we're going to go to this, and, um, and so uh, remember that uh, there will not be Sunday school Sunday, and then no service next Wednesday night because we won't get back in town to uh, sometime Thursday. So uh, everybody, uh, please uh, remember that. All right, we're ready uh, for Psalms 129, and we're on step number 10 as we're going up those 15 steps uh, leading to the temple. And at Psalms 129, we're going to read verses 1 uh, through 4. And this is what he says, Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth. Let Israel now say, Greatly have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. Praise God. Listen to this. Listen how he describes this. The plowers plowed upon my back. This is how he is describing how he had been treated. He said, the plowers plowed upon my back they may long their furs. Then he says, the Lord is righteous. He has cut the cords of the wicked. Glory to the name of Jesus. I've named this step number 10. I've named this knocked down but never out. Hallelujah. The devil may uh, uh, 
knock you down sometime in this life. He may hit you hard with some things that you wasn't expecting, but you're a child of the king, and he ain't going to never knock you out. He's not going to prevail against you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. That's like the scripture uh, that says, promised us no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Amen. He didn't say they wouldn't be formed. He didn't say that there wouldn't be some weapons formed against you, but he said they wouldn't prosper. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Mm. Man, I'm already feeling the Holy Ghost right now tonight. Glory to God. He said, uh, he said, they've done this from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. God's always there to help him, praise the Lord. From the time of their youth, I got in parentheses, in Egypt. See, Israel, the nation of Israel, you could consider their time in Israel as their youth because it was those 430 years in Israel, I mean in, in Egypt, where Israel and his his change from just being a family to, to a nation. There were 70 of them, 70 family members, the Bible says, who went down into Egypt. But over 2 million came out. Hallelujah. Oh, my. There's a lot I could preach on right there. Glory to God. So, but now this is, this is talking about the whole country and the nation of Israel. And he said, they said, from the time of their youth in Egypt, in which they became a nation to their days during Hitler's bloody reign, and even still today, the Jewish people have been afflicted and hated by other nations. Uh, I don't think there ever has been a nation that's been more despised than Israel. Uh, there's not been no more people uh, of any kind of color that has went through more than what the Jewish people have gone through from their conception. And the reason for that is they're the people of God. I don't. And let me say this. I want to mention this right now so you can be praying about it. I don't know if you've been keeping up what's going on, but... Uh, uh, the Muslims are on a vengeance raid right now in Pakistan against all Christian churches because they think some Christian defaced a copy of the Quran. They have burnt down, I don't know how many churches, completely to the ground, persecuting the people. Bishop Samuel Smith has been going on Facebook uh, pleading for apostolic people to send uh, send assistance there to help these people. So a lot of Christian families have had their homes burnt. They're living in the street. Uh, we are still blessed in America, folks. Even though we see different kind of little small persecutions, still we are not going through what some Christians are going through right now in other countries. So remember Pakistan. If you can remember that name and pray for God's people in Pakistan. 
because this is still going on tonight even as we speak and uh, they need our our prayers uh, yet all odds this tiny group of people against all odds I should um, uh, I need to read this tiny group of people that makes up less than two tenths of one percent of the world's population think about that Israelites, Jews today, they make up less than two-tenths of one percent of the world's population is still here and thriving as proof of the faithfulness of God. They've never been able, even Hitler, and he, he slaughtered six million of them during World War II in the gas chambers. But they're still here and they're thriving because they are God's chosen people. God told them, he says, you are the apple of my eye. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And let me tell you, some way you can be blessed. If you pray for the peace of Jerusalem, God's going to bless you. Amen. The word of God teaches us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Okay, so let, let's move on. Wrapped up in the first two verses of this psalm is a central theme of this psalm. We have been knocked down, but never out. The preservation um, and perseverance of the Jewish people are proof that God's word is sure. Even though many have sought to destroy them, as the psalmist said, they have not prevailed against me. God has promised to preserve the Jewish people, but uh, he never said they would not suffer. Remember that. He said he would preserve them, but he never said they wouldn't suffer. Amen. And uh, this is a lot of this is important that we get because it's linked to some of our conditions today. Because the same holds true for those of us who believe in Jesus. While God has given us a bright future and expected end, he never promised a life free of pain and suffering today. Some people have a hard time understanding why godly people uh, sometimes go through things and suffer and have, have issues and all that. But remember what Jesus said. He said he sends the rain on the just and the unjust alike. Amen. So, no, we're not immune from troubles. Matter of fact, one of my favorite verses in the word of God, it says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of part of them. Oh, Excuse me, all of them. Hallelujah. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. So don't ever think, uh, I mean, if you live the complete, perfect, sinless life, and we know nobody has done that, Jesus was the only one to do that. But even if you could live a perfect, sinless life and never commit one sin from the time you were born again to uh, the day you're gone, you are still going to have problems in this life. Why? Because we're under this situation of called fallen man. 
I guarantee you, I got something I want to have a talk with Adam and Eve about when I get to glory. Hallelujah. I hope they got saved and got, and got converted and they're there because I sure want to talk to them. Hallelujah. <laughs> but that's where it all boils down to. Amen. That's, I mean, it all goes down. And so, and, and he, we're, as long as we're living in this life, we're going to be subject to those same, uh, same things. Amen. Uh, so, let's, let's continue on. We're going to suffer persecution. Paul said those who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We find that in Matthew 10, 22. In fact, Jesus himself said, now, I got those two scriptures mixed up, by the way. <laughs> um, you will be hated of all, all for my name's sake. Uh, the psalm ends with a reminder that anyone who hates Zion or harms it, God doesn't take uh, or his covenant with Israel seriously. You don't think he takes that covenant seriously. God will deal with them accordingly based on his promise. He said, I'm going to bless those who bless the Jewish people and curse those who curse them. And we are included in that as well, church. When he said, touch not mine anointed, in Psalms 105, please don't think that only is talking about preachers. If you've got the Holy Ghost, you've got the anointing of God. And God will come after somebody just as strong that goes after the, the ordinary child of God as he would uh, the man of God. Amen. So, I mean, I, I've heard people quote this scripture and say, well, uh, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. You got the prophets and you got the anointed and the anointed is every born again believer that's filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I promise you, always remember this, God's got your back. Hallelujah. He's got your back. Glory to his name. Hallelujah. Praise, uh, praise, praise the Lord. Okay, let's go now to step number 11. Psalms 130, verses 1 through 8. Let's listen to what this psalm says. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, now think about this, please. O Lord, who could stand? O Lord, if you marked iniquities, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness that you may be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning. More than the watchman for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is plentiful redemption. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. I'm tired of this the Lord hears and forgives. This is important because sometimes the devil will get on your back and he'll try to make you think 
you're, you're, you're so unworthy because you've done this, this, that, and the other thing, and God don't love you. But that, don't ever believe that lie. Don't ever believe it. Hallelujah. And this psalm shows us and gives us encouragement and hope. Uh, and as we talk about this, there are many circumstances in life where we can experience feelings of being down in the depths of sorrow or despair. I've been there. What about you? Amen. There are many circumstances, as I said a while ago, just because we saved don't mean we can't go through some bad things sometimes. So there are many circumstances that can affect us that will bring us down in the depths of sorrow and despair. But as we examine this song of ascent, we can see both the writer, the one who wrote it originally, and those who sang it were referring to the depths of the awareness of guilt of sin. Understand that. When he, when he said, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attended to the voice of my pleas for mercy. Notice how he goes right in, if you, O Lord, should mark our iniquities. See, you can follow the context of what he's talking about. This depth of despair is talking about being aware of being guilty of sin. You've got that awareness. I mean, you... you you know, man, I have flubbed up, I've messed up. I mean, the psalm expresses sorrow for sin and ask God's forgiveness for sin. Uh, this is what this psalm is all about. Why was they in, in bondage 70 years in the first place? They kept disobeying God. God sent Jeremiah the prophet and warned him time and time again, unless you repent, unless you straighten up and start flying right, I'm going to send another country here. You're going to be taken out. But they just couldn't uh, listen. And uh, so this is all connected here. Now that they're back home, they realize that God is not to blame for the situations that they have been through. They realize that they have been wrong, and the psalm expresses sorrow. If you read this slow and just get it picture in your mind, you can see that the writer and also the ones who sing it going up to the temple express sorrow for sin and ask God's forgiveness. And this type of sorrow is necessary for forgiveness. If you look, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. You got to have godly sorrow for real repentance. Not something that you just. I get so tickled every time you turn on the news and you see another senator or congressman standing there at a podium with his poor wife standing beside him and saying, I'm so sorry I messed up and I had this affair. 
and boy, you can read them. You don't you don't have to be very spiritually discerned. But they may be sorry, but they ain't got godly sorrow. They're sorry they got caught. <laughs> They're sorry they got caught. Uh, but we've got to have godly sorrow that will lead, and when God God will see that, and He will grant you no matter what you've done. He's going to grant you repentance. As, as here, they acknowledge the mercy and forgiveness of God. They humbly wait on God like the watchman waits for the sunrise. Remember how we read that? He said, I'm waiting on you like the watchman's watching. That watchman has to step. And we talked about this a week or two ago about the different watches. And that watchman's ready to see that sun come up over the horizon because he knows his ship's over. He gets to go home. Well, he said, they humbly wait on God like the watchman waits for the sunrise. The prophet Jonah expressed similar feelings when he sinned. This is related, man, it links right in with Jonah chapter 2. Listen to this. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the belly of the fish, saying, I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and he answered me out of the belly of Sheol. Y'all remember that word Sheol? Mm -hmm. See, out of the depths, the psalm said, out of the depths I cry unto you. Jonah uh, knew he messed up. God said, I want you to go to Nineveh. But he goes down and goes the opposite direction. Amen. They don't let you know. I don't know how some, some people can think they can outrun God. You know, you can, I mean, there's one thing, you may run, but you can't never hide. Because <laughs> he, he's, wherever the place you choose to hide, he's already there for you to get there. Hallelujah. But listen to what Jonah said. He prayed to the Lord in that fish's belly. Mm, that's something else I want to say. Some people want to discredit the word of God. Well, we know, we know, we know that that story's false because there ain't no whale, no word. It's got a throat large enough to swallow a man whole. The word of God don't even call it a whale. It says a fish. And the other places that God prepared a fish. If it was a well, God made him and he made him to be swallowed. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep. That's exactly what Psalms 130 here is saying. Into the heart of the seas and the flood surrounded me all your waves and your billows pass over me. Hallelujah. Going to page number eight on your handout. There is so much in this psalm to give us assurance, folks. God is not a hard taskmaster ready to beat down in submission like a master does a slave. In fact, he doesn't keep a ledger of our failures and shortcomings and wrongs. How do I know that? That's what he said. If you, O oh Lord, should mark iniquities, who could stand? This verse is saying, God, 
it's not about keeping a ledger of every time you mess up. Hallelujah. Amen. Think about that. He's not interested in, in doing that. But if, if you did, none of us could stand. None of us could make it. But with you, there is forgiveness that you may be feared. Uh, Psalms 133 and 4, I, want, I got this in the God's Word translation. Look what God's Word translation says. Oh, Lord, who would be able to stand if you kept a record of sins? You see there? But with you, there is forgiveness so that you may be feared. Praise the Lord. And the psalm concludes by asserting that with God, there is plentiful redemption. Hallelujah. Let me close this one by saying this. Let me ask you a question. And you watching online. In the word of God, how many times did Jesus require us to forgive somebody who sins against us? I believe uh, the disciple asked him, Lord, do I forgive seven times? The Lord said, I say not unto you seven times, but what? All right, so don't, now the Lord don't mark stuff, so don't you start writing down 149 times you tell that person, okay, that's it. <laughs> no more, Charlie. <laughs> believe me, there's, Believe me, Sister Martha, there's been some I wanted to do that. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> so we know this is what God expects of us. And let me ask you this, the second question. Do you think God expects anything greater from us than, than, uh, than he would give us? How many times will he forgive us? How many times has he forgiven us? So he's not a hard taskmaster. He's not like a, a slave owner beating a slave. I mean, you don't have to approach God with your head hanging down like that. Uh, you know, I've heard stories where a, a little kid's going going to their daddy and, you know, they kind of, if I see something like that, that's a that's a, a, a red flag to me that that, that parent's been, Beating that kid. Amen. Uh, and God ain't like that. He said, <laughs> after, after they tore down the middle wall and that veil of that temple was rent, letting us into the holy place, the word of God says we can boldly walk in to the holy of holies to obtain mercy to find help in the time of need. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I never had a problem going up to my dad while he was alive asking him for something if I needed something. I, I didn't have to worry that he was going to scold me. Hallelujah. But he might, he might tell me I had to work a little bit for it. <laughs> he might tell me that. But uh, amen. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. So uh, he don't keep a record, and he's full of redemption. Okay, I've got to move on. Step 12. Psalms 131, verses 1, 2, and 3. Um, that's the whole psalm. It's only three verses long. O oh Lord, my heart is not lifted up. 
My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvelous for me. <laughs> I wish Joe Biden could learn that. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me for saying that. Psalmist <laughs> David said, I don't occupy myself with things too great or too marvelous for me, but I have calmed and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with his mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me, O Israel. Hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. On this 12th step out of the 15 that we're headed up to, we're talking about walking humble and content. Walking humble and content. Psalms 134 is only three verses, but each verse has a simple and clear instruction for us to follow. Number one, practice humility. Verse number two, learn contentment. And verse number three, live in hope. Those who practice humility before the Lord find contentment and rest. Okay, David begins his psalm by praying, O Lord. That's how he starts it. O Lord, I believe that's important. He begins by addressing his God, his Lord, his Master. You see, humility always begins with a focus on the Lord. Amen. You've got to have your focus on the Lord if you're going to walk in humility. Because when you focus on the Lord, you get your mind on Christ and not on yourself. People walking in pride, they get their mind on their self. Um, the pastor of the church in Smithville, I have been, he called me, I've been several times uh, to preach for them and uh, um, always remember had a big sign they didn't their baptistry wasn't behind their, their platform they had it somewhere else in the church but they had a big sign hanging up on the wall uh, it's not about me and not about you but it's all about him always love that always love that uh, you get your mind on Christ and not on yourself. Our world today is filled with too much me, me, me. Amen? I mean, it, we just got too much of it. Me, me, me. All this leads to self-indulgence, self-sufficiency, and self-entitlement. Uh, that's part of the messed up world we're at. Apostle Paul prophesied this as a last day manifestation. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, he said, and um, verse 1, you know, talks about, he said, in the last days, the perilous times will come. And then verse 2, he said, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy. 
Now, one verse right there, I'll tell you, we're living in the last days. Hallelujah. King David, David, even though he was a king, he didn't walk in pride. He declared, my heart is not lifted up. And the reason why, his focus was on the Lord and not on himself. Amen. And the one time that he didn't focus on the Lord, what happened? He sinned, and he sinned big time. Amen. He started out by not being where he should be. Amen. I mean, it, the Bible tells us that at the time that kings went out to battle, David, for some reason, start, decided to stay home in Jerusalem. He was the king. He was the commander of of the army. He should have been out there on a hillside watching over his troops as they fighting. But he decided to stay in Jerusalem. Uh, there's a lot of situations that come into play that gets us in the bad situations. Amen? Amen. But David, for the most, except for that one time, he always focused on the Lord and not himself. Next, he spoke of teaching himself commitment. He said, I have calmed and quietened my soul like a winged child. What he's referring to here, that he has taught himself to calm, be quiet like a winged child. In other words, he has taught himself commitment. All a baby knows to do when he wants something is, is not, um, and is not content is cry. Amen. Uh, you know, if a baby's not content, he's going to cry. Lord of mercy, our middle daughter Jennifer, she got that down pat. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. But David said, he... Uh, he had been weaned from his crime. That's what they were talking about. He said, you know, there was a time um, before I got, you know, I've taught myself and I've laced uh, He said, but I have been weaned from crime. I've, I've grown, I've known grown human beings. I have known grown human beings that all they know to do is cry, cry, cry. No. <laughs> Uh, what uh, uh, what was what was that nineteen uh, fifties uh, rock singer that girl said it's my party and I'll cry if I want to <laughs> I guess that's what Ronnie says it's my <laughs> Hallelujah nothing you do can satisfy them or make them content. These people just cry, cry. You can't make them content no matter what you do. Amen. You can't satisfy them. This is not a, this is not a quality of the spirit. It's of the flesh and it's carnal. Amen. Uh, and I'll have to say it. I guess I've had my days of cry, cry, cry. And Sister Darling probably say amen to that. I don't know. Maybe we've all been there and done that or whatever, but we have to learn contentment. We have to get winged from that. We have got to grow in 
Contentment does not come as a natural quality in human beings. I mean, that, that fits every human. I mean, contentment is not a, a natural quality. We need to grow into it. Apostle Paul had to go through that same growing process. Notice what he said to the Philippian church in chapter, in chapter 4. He says, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever condition, or whatever state, the original King James, this is the English Standard Version, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. He said, I had to learn to do that. Amen. I had to get weaned, just like the psalmist writer said. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Uh, so that's, that's what that, that psalm is all about. I think these are some very good, good things that we covered tonight. And... Um, as I said a while ago, we will not be here next Wednesday night, but the following we'll be back, and we're up, uh, we're up now to uh, which step was that? Was it twelve? So, and we got there's a total of fifteen of them, and um, once we get them, we will be moving on uh, to something else in our study. Let's uh, all stand together. Any comments or questions about what we covered tonight? Hallelujah. I noticed the lights of a car came through a while ago. I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's thank the Lord for this service. Father, we come tonight, we thank you, and we praise you for your word. It's a lamp to our feet and lightened our path. Bless each and every one that's heard this tonight, those online and those that are here. Now those that are fixing to leave to get on the highways, keep everybody safe. Watch over everybody until it's time to meet again. In Jesus' name, the church say, God bless you. We love you in the Lord.